Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The gift that God gives you, listen, the gift that God gives you, you'll find a sense of excitement and joy and fulfillment. When you do the thing that God has called you to do, you will be so excited. You'll feel so fulfilled. You'll feel like this is right. You'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know that still and quiet voice? You know what I'm talking about. That says this is right. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I know that's not a word supposed to be. But that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's tongues, okay? It's tongues. But that voice inside will say, that's what you're supposed to be doing. This is what feels right. This is what feels good. This is that deep peace that's in your life and in your heart. I know my gift, and, and I feel right, and I feel good when I'm exercising the gift that God has given me in teaching. God has given me the gift of teaching. And remember, the gift of prophecy, remember we talked about that, is the foretelling of the word of God. So oftentimes you'll see the gifts kind of overlap and kind of intertwine with one another. And God has given me a gift to teach the Bible and to prophesy, to foretell the things of God. And I absolutely love teaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. When I teach the Bible, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like this is right. This is, I, this is the time I feel really fulfilled. Like this is what God really called me to do. And this is the time in which I'm most happiest. When I'm doing what God called me to do. When I'm teaching the Bible. And I got to teach the Bible. And that's another thing about your gift. You got to use it. You got to use it. You know, Paul said, stir up the gift, Timothy, that is within thee. Don't neglect the gift. Stir it up. And you got to stir it up because Jeremiah said it like this. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I have to do it. If I don't do it, I'm not going to be whole. I'm not going to be at peace. And when I am doing it, I am whole and I am at peace. And sometimes if you feel like you're not, at, you're not whole and you're not at peace, well, maybe you're not doing what God called you to do. Every single person in this room, if you're a Christian, every single one of you, you have a gift. God has given you a gift. And he's given you that gift that you might use it for his glory and for others' good. And if you're not using that gift, guess what? You're ripping me off, man. And I don't like that. You don't want none of this. You see, you're ripping me off because it's a gift that God has given you that you might use to bless me. And my gift is used to bless you. And if you don't use your gift, you're not going to feel whole. You're going to feel like something's missing in my Christianity. What is it? What is it? Could be that you're not using the gift God's given you. 
You're not functioning in that place of the body. You're not taking your place in the body of Christ. Because when you do, you'll be taking that place in the body of Christ and you'll feel fulfilled. And so it is true with this gift of administration. True story. True story. A guy by the name of of Anthony Green. He won first prize, $5,000 in the best use of duct tape contest. Can you believe it? He patched up the wing of a plane and he flew it from Guatemala to Honduras. True story. And I thought to myself when I read that, you know, there are some people in the body like Anthony Green who just know how to patch things up and make them fly. They have a feeling of how things should happen and they do things decent and in order. They have a gift of administration or leadership. They have a gift to keep things functioning in a way that the Lord can move and that God can work. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about people who have this gift of leadership, this gift of administration. Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18. Paul says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, as you look at those in leadership over you and you see their godly life, you should consider the outcome of that life and you should desire to live that kind of godly life. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, obey those who have rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account and let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Some have this gift of leadership and this gift of administration. The second gift we want to talk about this morning is the gift of helps, the gift of helps. I would define the gift of helps as the supernatural ability from God to help and assist, especially as it relates to ministry. The supernatural ability from God to help and assist as it relates to ministry. Now, this gift is exercised in many, many, many different ways. We find in the book of Acts, chapter 6, the deacons of the church were appointed And the deacons of the church had the gift of helps. The deacons in this church, they have the gift of helps or the gift of ministry. Romans chapter 12, verse 7, look that up in your own time. This gift of helps is spoken of as a gift of ministry, the same gifting. And so deacons, they... In the church, they have this gift of help, so they have this gift of ministry. You know, sometimes, oftentimes, you guys come here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, whenever you come to gather, and you come in the church, and the church is all nice and clean, and things are neat and taken care of and ordered, and the coffee's brewing, and people are in place, and the chairs have been set up, and vacuumed, and the children's ministry is ready, and the window's all clean, and everybody's on point and ready to do the work of the ministry. And, and, you know, you come in and you enjoy the service and, you know, it, you don't, we don't realize it oftentimes when you're just coming, but it takes a lot of work to pull off a service. It takes a lot of work to do what we do here on any given Sunday morning or Wednesday night or times that we gather. And there are people behind the scenes with the gift of ministry and the gift of helps making all that happen every single week. Time and time again. You know, I thank God for the people 
who have that gift of ministry and helps who come alongside of me and help me. I, I, I can't read this without thinking about the many, many, many people that, that help me to do what I do, that give me the help so that I can go study and pray and read the word and study the word that I might come and share with you every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night what I believe the Lord is saying to this church. There's a lot of people behind me helping me to be able to have the time so that I can hear from the Lord. Many, many people, elders and deacons and pastors and family and friends who, who with that gift, they help me to do the work of the ministry. I'm so very, very thankful for them. I do a lot of speaking and other events and outside the church as well as in the church. And, and I honestly could not do it without the help of many, many, many people. You know, sometimes people come in, they see me up here teaching, and they think, oh, that's just Rodney doing what Rodney does. You know, there's a lot of people behind Pastor Rodney praying for Pastor Rodney. People saying, you know what? I'll vacuum the floor. You study. I'll counsel with these people. You study. Those are people with the gift of helps. And then in Acts chapter 9, you've got to read this story in your own time. There's this lady by the name of Dorcas. Yeah, that's her real name, Dorcas. And uh, don't name your daughter Dorcas. I mean, And they called her Tabitha. And this woman, she had an incredible gift of ministry and helps. This woman, she made coats for the early church. She made clothes for people in the early church. In the early church, they loved her because she had a gift of ministry. But not only did she have that gift of ministry and helps, but she also did it with joy. People loved that woman. And when she died, they asked Peter to pray for her and to raise her back from the dead. And Peter did. And she came back to life. Now, Listen, if I die, please don't pray to bring me back to life. All right? Because if you do, I'm going to come back and punch you. (laughs) I was in the presence of the Lord and you ruined it. (laughs) You Christians believe in God. But Peter prayed for her. She came back to life. But people love this woman. Why? Because she had an incredible ministry of helps. And she blessed people. And she did it with joy. And she did it with, with, with cheerfulness in her heart. And people absolutely loved her. And then you look in the book of Exodus. And a fascinating story. This guy in the book of Exodus, his name is Her. It's found in her, like in Ben-Hur, H-U-R. It's found in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. And, and, and there in the book of Exodus, this guy named Hur, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. He takes center stage, and he begins to exercise this ministry of helps. In Exodus 17, it was a very important moment in the life of the nation of Israel. And they met face-to-face with their enemy, the Amalekites. And then in Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse 8, now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men out to go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in his hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so, that, so they took a stone, and they put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands 
one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, I don't know about you, but holding up your hands is a pretty difficult thing to do. I know sometimes Steve Leslie or I'll be up here leading worship and I'll say, let's lift our hands to the Lord. You know, we lift our hands for a while. And then I see people's hands going down. You know, I'm peeking. So are you. And you see people's hands going down, you know, because why? Because it's kind of, it really is. Isn't it? It's kind of hard to just kind of keep them like this. And then sometimes I'm determined to keep them like that. So, you know, I'm standing there. I'm going, I'm going to keep them up, Lord, <laughs> you know. But, but you do. It's hard to keep your hands up. Well, Moses is standing there at the top of the mountain and Joshua and the, and the children of Israel are in the valley and they're fighting against the Amalekites. And as Moses would lift up his hands, the people would win the battle. And when Moses' hands began to drop, the people would begin to lose. And so Aaron and her had a great idea. They pushed up a rock. They said, Moses, sit down. Moses sat down and he lifted up his hands and he kept his hands up until the children of Israel won the battle. Now this guy named Hur, he just steps out of nowhere and does the work of the ministry. There's a couple things I want to point out. And if you're a note, note taker, you should write these down. A couple things I want to point out about Hur, who steps out of nowhere and does this great helps ministry. Number one, and something we can learn from, applicable to us, people like her are absolutely invaluable. They're invaluable. Notice Moses is unable to hold up his own arms. Aaron and her, they step forward, they hold up his arms until the battle is won. Moses didn't have the strength and Joshua couldn't win the battle alone. So Aaron and her are the ones who are the real heroes in this story. And then secondly, not only are people like her invaluable, but also people like her are involved. They're involved. Her wasn't a great leader like Moses. He wasn't a great general like Joshua. He wasn't a high priest like Aaron. He was just her. He was just her. He was. He just did what he knew to do. He just took his little place and did what he knew to do. He didn't mind being involved and standing behind. Her was willing to do what needed to be done so that the battle could be won. You know, he didn't feel like he had to be up front. He didn't feel like he had to have the gift that Moses had. He didn't feel like he had to be a great general like Joshua. And he didn't feel like he had to be a man of prayer like Aaron. He just did what it was he knew to do. And so it is true in the body of Christ. Everybody can't preach and everybody can't teach a message. Everybody can't sing a solo. Some people should never sing a solo. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. <laughs> Somebody once said, you sing so low, we can't hear you. I got a ton of those, y'all. Everybody can't do the same thing. 
And we're not all called to do the same thing. We're all called to take our place in the body of Christ and use the gift that God has given us. There's a lot of work to do in the kingdom. And if people would just take their place like her took his place right next to Moses to hold up his arms, the body would function. And then thirdly, lastly, people like her are invisible. Invisible? What do you mean, Rodney? Well, people like her are invisible. I mean, as I said, this man steps out of nowhere We only hear from him a couple more times in the Bible and then nothing. Then we don't hear anything more about him. He lived in the shadows while others got the glory. Oh, I'm sure that after the battle, I'm sure everyone came up to, you know, Joshua and they said, good job, Joshua, man, you the man, you are the man. Moses, good to Mo, man, you the man, slap him five, you know, man, you the man, oh man, you all right. Good job. Aaron, man, thanks for praying, man. You're an awesome man of prayer. God hears you, Aaron. But her, I'm confident he probably just walked back to the tent. Nobody slapped him five. Nobody said, hey, her, you're the man. He just walked back in the tent. Nobody knew. Matter of fact, only a couple people knew. Moses knew about him. Joshua probably knew about him. And Aaron knew of him. But that was it. And everybody else is slapping five. Mo, you the man. Joshua, you the man. You know, everybody's good. But her, he just walks in the back and nobody knows. But you know what the most important thing is? Listen, the most important thing is this. God knew. God knew. And I'm sure that when her died and went to heaven and stood before the Lord, he heard those words that we all want to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. God probably said, her, you are the best Arm holder upper ever on the earth. Enter now thou into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that what we want to hear? Isn't that what's important? It's not about what people say about you and how wonderful people think you are and all the gifts that you have and all what you have done for the body of Christ. Oh, we just thank you so much. And without you, we would be lost. And you go, oh, no, 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 please, no, 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 don't, no, no, yeah, no, no. That's what we do. When in fact, you know what's important? God sees, God knows. If Pastor Rodney never thanks you for what you do, if the elders and the pastors never thank you, if no one ever thanks you, you can surely know that as you do what God has told you to do and you are faithful to the Lord, all you really want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter now thou into the joy of the Lord. Come and be with me forever. And here's your reward. Paradise with me. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. And that's why we want to be there because Jesus is there. Amen, saints? And that's what I want to be. That's where I want to be. I want to use my gifts and my talents for the glory of the Lord. I only care what he says about Rodney. If people don't always think you're wonderful, people are not always going to think you're wonderful. So what? So what? What does God think? I think that's the important thing. You know, in closing, talking about people who are faithful behind the scenes, listen at this story about a man named William Booth. You know him. He's the founder of the Salvation Army. And he felt the call of the Lord to go into the streets of London and begin ministering to street people. He stood in a Methodist conference meeting and requested permission from the presiding bishop to be released from his church to go into the streets and preach. Well, the bishop heard the request and denied it, telling Booth that they would not waste a man of his education and talent on the people of the streets. 
Well, upon hearing this, Booth sat down, resigned to defeat. His wife was seated in the balcony because women are not allowed on the first floor. She stood up and she leaned over the rail. She called to her husband and she told him, she said, honey, listen to God and not to man. She vowed to stand with her husband against every foe. She came down from the balcony. Booth took her by the arm and they left the building to go into the streets to win people to Jesus. He was ready to quit, but his wife, a lady who usually stayed in the background, stepped out of the shadow of her husband to hold up his arms at a critical time in his life. I read that story and I can't help but think of my wife who holds up my arms. You know, there's a lot of Sundays, y'all, I don't feel like coming to church. <gasps> Pastor, don't feel like coming to church. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> no, there's some Sundays I want to stay home and have pancakes like you. It's cold and wet and damp and my blankie is so snuggly. And I want to stay home like you do it. I just don't feel like it. And then, as I was telling them first and second service, I'll tell you third, sometime on Sunday morning and during the night on Saturday night, it's all out spiritual warfare. Sometimes I can't sleep. Sometimes I'm up at night and I don't want to be up because I want to sleep because I want to be wide-eyed and bushy-tailed when I come to church because I got to be up and peppy and, you know. And I'm tired and it's all out spiritual warfare all night long. Satan is hammering me with dreams and you name it. And sometimes on Sunday morning, I just don't feel like coming to church. And I'm laying in the bed and my wife says, honey, time to get up. And I ain't going to church. I don't feel like it. They don't like me there anyway. You know, you know, you do that. One excuse is good as another. I ain't going to church. She goes, yes, you are, honey. You're going to church. All right, I'm going to turn the shower on and get it all nice and steamy and hot. And you go, come on, get ready in a few more minutes. Honey, you get out of bed now. It's time to go to church. I ain't going to church. I don't feel like it. I can't do this. And she says, yes, you can, honey. A few more minutes, she goes, by, honey, go, come on, let's go. I ain't going to church. Well, then she exercises her gift of helps. I mean, physically, she has done this, got my feet out of the bed, put them on the floor, stood me up. Now, Elvira's a strong woman, y'all. You don't want to mess with her, okay? She's holding me up. She, like, throws me up. She takes off my clothes. She pushes me in the shower. She says, you're going to get in the shower. You're going to get your clothes on, and you're going to get across that street and do what God has called you to do. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Got to be Sergeant Elvira. <laughs> yeah. But see, sometimes that's what it takes for someone who, that's the gift of helps. That is what we're supposed to be doing for each other and wives doing it for your husbands and husbands doing it for your wives, encouraging them on and spurring them on to good works and faith and to doing what it is that you know that God has called that man to do. And I can honestly tell you in good faith and honesty, there are a lot of mornings that quite honestly, I don't know if I would have showed up if it hadn't have been for a faithful woman like Elvira to pick me up, throw me up over her shoulders, throw me in the shower, knock my head up against the wall, you know. You're going to get to that church and do what God has called you to do because you're a man of God because God told you to be there. Now get your clothes on, get your hiney across the street and do what God has called you to do. 
And you know, what happens is I get dressed, I come over, I get in the pulpit, I start teaching, and I'm like, yes, yes, Lord, thank you. This is right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where my gift is. And I start moving and doing what God has called me to do. And then I walk out of the pulpit, and she looks at me and goes, hmm. You better be glad I tighten you up the next time. (laughs) You know, but isn't that great? Isn't that a wonderful thing? That's what we're supposed to be doing for each other. That's the gift of helps and encouragement. Go do what God has called you to do. Listen, today, if God's given you a gift, use it. Use it. What are you doing for the kingdom? Are you making a difference in the kingdom? What are you doing for the kingdom? We're all given this gift of helps, I believe. And some to greater degrees than others. But what are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you sitting taking pot shots at the kingdom? of what they should be doing and what they're not doing, whether you're a visitor or you attend here, are you making a difference for the kingdom of God? Because listen, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about heaven. It's not about church. It ain't about Calvary Chapel. It's not about your denomination. It's not about Baptists, Pentecostals, Presbyterians, and whatever you label yourself as. It is not about that. It is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Don't you forget that. Listen, it's all about Jesus because he died for us. Because he died and he ascended and he sent his Holy Spirit down to live within us, to live and abide in us. And he's given us gifts that we might bless each other for my good and for his glory. Don't forget that. And when you start getting a hold of that and you start doing that, you watch your life will just fly. You watch. Your life will be different. So different. God has such great things in store for his people. Don't you agree? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.